On today's episode, what to do when your husband's face is gross, dealing with a stubborn parent, and LB tackles the issue that's dividing our country, pickles versus cucumbers. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me that vital information so I get the red lights. Who yeah? The church of Lori Beth is in session and we're reading from the scriptures of vital information. Talk to my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Just tell me what's going on. I'm Lori Beth Denberg, and you are listening to the Bad Advice Podcast. With me, as always, is Clark. Hello! That's Clark Crozer, in case you think I switched Clarks. That's me. It's him. How are you doing, Clark? <laughs> doing pretty good. How are you? I am well. I am, uh, you know this, but I'm yeah. going to share with the listeners. I am beginning my journey. Yep. Through Star Wars. I'm so excited. I've seen plenty of it, dear <laughs> listeners. Don't worry. But I am going chronologically. Yep. So, and not just the movies. Clark has picked out, like, I need to watch the Clone Wars movie. I need to, not Attack of the Clones, but the Clone Wars animated movie. That's right. And the Clone Wars uh, TV show. Right. And so I'm going chronologically. I'm putting in Solo and Rogue One where they belong. That's right. So far, I'm through the first two movies and the first half of the Clone Wars animated. That's right. And I was just reading over our text thread because basically I'm live tweeting the movies, <laughs> but just to Clark. Yeah, it's I'm great. live texting them. It's fantastic. And I love it. Part of it is me talking shit. <laughs> and then part of me is like, Wait, so the Chancellor is the good guy and Palpatine's the other guy? <laughs> and then he'll explain stuff. And then when I get something right, he's like, exactly. <laughs> it's like he's trying to teach me math. And I finally got the concept. I'm treating you the same way that I treat Lex when he's working on his, you know, numbers and letters right now. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. buddy. You spelled cat perfectly. Good job, good buddy. Good job. But, um, and I don't know if we talked about this before, but... uh. Oh, Logan, who was on the show last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he has all his kids. And Clark warned him when the kids were little, show them four, five, and six first. But Logan started them chronologically. With, chronologically. And so then they got stuck on, you know, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Which I know there's Jar Jar Binks lovers out there. Sure, we, sure, we sure. Talk to one on the show. Yeah. But um, I was not in love with Jar Jar Binks. In fact, I mean, and I was prepared. I'd seen this movie. I'd seen one in right. the theaters. Right, right, right. So I was aware. But God damn, dude. Yeah. And then when they went to Jar Jar City. Yeah, the underwater was, city. Yeah. I was just like, oh, come on. I can't. <laughs> I can't. And then I said to Clark in my live tweet to only him, uh, please tell me we never have to go back to Jar Jar's city. <laughs> and he said, yes, don't worry. Yeah, because you don't. After Phantom Menace, you don't go back to the Jar Jar city. But I took your text to mean we don't go back there at all. <laughs> so then later- You were mid-movie. I was mid-movie. So later we go back to Jar Jar's you know, city. What's it called? Uh, I don't know. It's the on- Gungan city. Yeah, the Gungan city. And let's call it Gunga. Yeah. And we're back there and I- I text Clark angrily. You lied to me. You said we'd never go back. And he's like, well, after this movie. Yeah. Don't worry. And then Jar Jar, when I watched two, I watched, I, I watched it in pieces because yeah. it's 11 hours long. Right. Um, and he's like, Jar Jar's not in it. But Jar Jar really came into his own. I mean, he's a senator. I said, no, I said that the 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 Gungans aren't in it. The city isn't in it anymore. Yeah. Jar Jar occasionally pops back in yeah, and you see him fine. and it's fine. But he really seemed to just, you know, grow up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He was all talking to the Senate. I'm, I'm actually really excited because there is one storyline. I can't remember. I think it's second or third season of Clone Wars mm -hmm. where they bring in Jar Jar. Oh. Where for some reason. For target practice? There's no. 
there's some alien lady from an alien world, and she's like, the only person I will speak to is Jar Jar Binks. So they have to bring Jar Jar Binks to this lady <laughs> so that they can settle whatever the conflict is. Uh, and he and gets then- the message, and he's like, Jar Jar, this is your time to shine. <laughs> And then, you know, things happen and he bungles. But it's kind of interesting because, uh, like I was telling you before, uh, the Clone Wars show is really important if you're watching the Star Wars uh, in its entirety. Yes. Uh, because I, I, personally, my point, my feeling is George Lucas did an amazing job at world building mm-hmm. in the prequels. Like he built this universe up so that there's history and facts and all, you know, really cemented in how this universe works. Yes. However, character wise, the, these movies are just steaming piles of shit. Um <laughs> Just just as far as they're characters well, goes, just as books. characters. They are meant to be kind of comic booky. It's yeah, not, it's but not the first, Sophie's choice. But the first uh, trilogy was also supposed to be just action and fun. And yeah. it also had really interesting characters that had depth and, yeah. and realism to them. Whereas these characters are very one dimensional. But um, well, they're two dimensional because <laughs> they're CGI. Well, yeah. But I, uh, I, what I was saying to Lori Beth before she started all of this is that what the Clone Wars, the cartoons do so well is it adds so much depth to these characters and even Jar Jar, even that Jar Jar episode. It's kind of fun because does he bumble everything? Of course, <laughs> does everything kind of, you know, he drops off. Oh, what's going on? Like all of that stuff is there, but they add a level of, of kind of, he knows how he knows that he's a bumbling idiot and he's like apologizing <laughs> for it. And Misa, take responsibility a little bit, a little bit. Okay, so I, I really enjoy it. So I also to Clark, I'm like, no spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying um, not to spoil anything. So we will update you, dear listeners, because I know you care quite a lot. Yeah. As I make my way through the, galaxy. the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, we we have a lot of stuff to talk about with Star Wars, but we also have a lot of really fun questions here. Oh, so great. Um, before we get into the questions, though, I would like to play you something, uh, a bit of an update. Oh. I'm very happy to say we have an update from one of our previous question askers. Excellent. Uh, and this is our good friend, Linnea. So uh, Linnea. let's say hi to Linnea. Oh, hey, Lori Beth. It's Linnea from California. And the cow disappeared. <laughs> it's weird. Um, it's high desert. So there's a lot of trees. I don't know where it went. And I just am worried about it because it snowed up here. So if you have any advice about a snowed in cow, let me know. That was it. That was Linnea. Oh, Linnea. Thank you so much. An update on the cow issue. Now, the disappearing cow in the snow can be only one thing. Yeah. Alien abduction. Oh, I thought you were going to say ninja cow. Oh, he could be a ninja cow. Ninja cow works, too. But yes. alien abduction makes more logistical that sense. He was just beamed up. That is. Or can I throw this out there? All right. Ghost cow. Oh. What if this is a ghost cow that's haunting Linnea? Wow. Linnea, did a cow die in your house? Did the realtor <laughs> explain that to you before you put down the deposit? All right. Well. The disappearing cow is better than finding a dead frozen cow in your backyard. Yeah. I think that we can all just get together and think positive thoughts that the cow's okay. This is kind of a clap for Tinkerbell situation. Right. Yeah. Maybe if all the listeners really hope and believe. Everybody moo. <laughs> moo. Isn't that rent? Anyway. That is wonderful. Okay. Linnea, if there's more. <laughs> Please call back yes. with, with the third uh, installment of Cow in My Life. Right. If we if you get back to us again. Right. And hopefully this is a years long, you know. Yeah, I'd thing. like to hear this keep going on for, uh, for as long as the cow's living, at least. Yeah. How long does a cow live? A long time. Well, well theoretically, unless it's lost in the snow. Yeah. 
Oh, snow cows. And then we cut them open and we say, and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> and that's how Linnea survives the rest of the, the rest of the summer. That's That would work. I like it. Um, well, thank you so much, Linnea. I'm so happy to hear that update. Uh, and let's move on to some questions. You okay. ready? Yes, right. yes, sir. Here we go. Question number one. We've got from uh, Andrew Mars. And Andrew's asking... I am the only sibling in a house of half siblings who left our small hometown. They forgot to include me in the planning of important gatherings until I'm an afterthought. I often can't reschedule work on short notice, so I miss things. They never ask how I am. Even during COVID, I am also the only artist in the family and the only queer person. I guess it's not so much how to deal with them, but how to move forward with my life, knowing that I probably only have myself. I have to ignore the feeling of being left out but, uh, by my own family and get on with feeling good about myself. If you can make any of that funny, I will adore you more than I already do. <laughs> And that's Andrew. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you for writing in, for being honest, and for mentioning that you adore me. Yeah. Um, I can always use that. <laughs> I am a d endless deep pit for affection <laughs> and attention. Um, that's not necessarily true. Um, so I think you have the right attitude, which is you need to get over feeling left out and go on with your own life. Because... Yeah. Honestly, and I know this sucks, it seems unlikely that they forgot to include you. Right. You don't forget something like that. And yeah. I don't know if you said like they're they're your half siblings, so maybe they're all full siblings. And it just kind of sounds like that's might be a choice they're making. Yeah. Which sucks super hard. Big time. And I'm not, I mean, you're the only artist, you're the only queer person. I'm not not necessarily hearing you say, oh, also they're, you know, bigots and, you know. Right. I don't know that that necessarily has anything to do with it, but I don't know. It just sounds kind of like a blatant, eh, well, are we going to invite Andrew? No. Right. And that really sucks. Yeah. That really, really sucks. And... If they're if that's their deal, I don't want to say if that's how they are, they're not your real friends. Right. They're not your real siblings. Hey, they're <laughs> Wait, not. They're not. Um, so that is a shitty position to be in. Yeah. And the most you can do is like you say, well, no, the most you could do is talk to them about it. Yeah. And say, this really hurts my feelings. What's the deal? Right. You know, and if that pushes them to say, well, we hate you because X, Y, or Z, right. which I don't think they will. Right. In my head, there was some like first wife, second wife battle <laughs> for the estate, <laughs> like an old like Jane Austen novel. Right, right. Where like the first family is tossed aside <laughs> into poorness, into, 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 you know, poverty, which in those situations means they have a lovely smaller house and yeah. only have four servants. Exactly. As opposed to the bigger house they had with 25 servants. Yeah, exactly. But, um, Andrew's actually from Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> And his father's name is Remington Steele. Yes. Uh, so you could talk to them about it. Yeah. I mean, I would. Yeah. Even if it's just to let them know. Why you're not going to be attending stuff or. Well, or... no, even to let them know this sucks and yeah. my feelings are hurt. Yeah. And that could make a difference to them. They could say, oh, we were just doing this, but we didn't realize how much it was affecting you. Right. Or they'll just be like, look, this is for full-blooded, you know, yeah, siblings, siblings only. only. Exactly. And then you can be like, okay, well, you're an asshole, you're an asshole, you're an asshole, you're a dick, and right. you're an asshole. Well, knowing how families work, and this is a house of half-siblings, which means that there's a good number of them, who do who does he talk to? Do you go to the the half sibling or parent or half whatever step parent, mm -hmm. whatever it is, that's the nicest to you, the one that you have the most connection with? Yeah. Or do you go with the one that's clearly in charge or running things that probably doesn't like you? 
Like, do you go for the easy ask or do you go for the hard ask and say, look, all of you are leaving me out? Mm -hmm. Or do you call a house meeting like on Big Brother? Right, exactly. I don't know if that's a thing because I've never seen Big Brother. I only watched the first season. (laughs) Um, It could be a good idea, Clark, to go to the one that is the most accessible. To you, the one that there's there's got to be one in this house. There's got to be one that at least pretends to be nice to you. Yeah, like if you're going through the, the list and you're like, asshole, asshole, asshole. Jerk face. Right. Jerk face might be your best bet. Somebody that you have the most rapport with. Yeah. The the weak link in the asshole chain. Yeah, exactly. So that's your first that's your first task. Right. Should you choose to accept <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Um but other than that, I think you've got the right idea yeah. of okay. Move forward. I'm not waiting around to see if they magically get their shit together and realize that I'm a human being and do your art. And hopefully you have a community of some friends and they don't live in the house with you. Of course, it's COVID now. So right. it's like nobody lives anywhere seeing anybody. Yeah. But-, but he's not really saying that he's lonely. He's kind of just saying that he's sad that he can't be that his family doesn't want to include him. It's not including so him. Yeah. If if that's really his only problem. Yeah. Talk talk to the one you feel most comfortable with yeah. and you'll get your answer and you can go on from there whether that changes the situation with them and they are more open to you or whether you get your answer and you're like, "Okay, I'm not going to expect anything from now on because right. this is what it is." Exactly. That's that's very true and it's very sad but what you're gonna do uh hopefully that helps andrew um please uh, let us know how it works and if you if you do end up asking or talking to somebody and get a response we'd love to hear it so uh let us know let's move on to our second question of the day Mm -hmm. this is from crc0377 all right. And uh, CRC asks, as I'm sure you you know, with an aging parent, you know how stubborn they can be, especially when you know they need help. So what is your best worst advice for getting a stubborn aging parent the help they need when they are in denial? Oh, I wish I didn't relate to this question so much. <laughs> um this uh, thank you i feel your pain and i appreciate your question i you know go through this with my dad yeah my dad is a fall risk Mm. he has a lot of health reasons that make him health reasons he has a (laughs) lot of health issues that cause him to be wobbly Mm. and you know pain issues and all this kind of stuff so it has only been recently like i used to beg him not beg him but like he has a cane in like three rooms a couple different canes Mm. it is only in the last couple months really that he uses the cane to get from place to place right he was like no i can hold on to the wall and i need to walk and he'd get up and stumble and i'd just pick up the cane in the room and i'd go Shake it at him and go, you are the worst person in the world. Use this cane. And, you know, eventually things got bad enough and his pain got bad enough that he's been using it. Yeah, I don't know if me, you know, berating him for his stubborn pride helps to aid that situation. But also it's like. There's such a vanity to it yeah. that older people, I don't, I'm not going to use a walker. I'm not one of those people, right? you know, and, you know, everyone has their ideal picture of themselves in their head and it's not walking around with a hunched back and a walker right. and saying, I'm not like that lady. Right. I'm not like that lady whose spine is in the shape of a C, <laughs> you know, and It is just so difficult. I'll tell you something that's actually changed in the last, I don't know, maybe six months. Hmm. I am, and Clark Clark knows this, I am very friendly and gregarious, and I tend not to call people by their names. I call people Button and Bunny and Potato and Kitten and all kinds of stuff like that. And Babe. I call people, hey, Babe. Sure. Um, 
And I realized I do that for everyone else. And I wasn't doing that for my dad. I was being like, dad, and we were having these conversations and it's still my dad. So I'm like, I don't want to do what you say, you know, like, and then I just realized, why am I not treating him like, like, why am I not treating him like I treat other people to make them smile? Yeah. So I started calling him like bug and babe, and it really changed the dynamic. Mm. Like even on the way here, I was coming to Clark's house. And my dad didn't know I had left the house and he called me because he wants to go to the um, supermarket to get apples that are on sale. Uh, He eats apples a lot. Um, And I said, no, I'm going to be out a while. I'm like, hey, can we go tomorrow, babe? You know, I have this time, blah, blah, blah. We can go do this and this. And he was like, yeah, okay, okay. And it's given our, our interaction i won't say our relationship but our relationship too a really different feel Mm. and it's so strange that i never thought that like why not treat my dad the way i treat other people sure i mean part of it is because he gives me shit and stuff right but he doesn't as much when i'm being more friendly Mm. that's how i was in the detox when i worked in the detox right right we would have to, you know, people come in, they're sick, they're detoxing, they're unhappy. Yeah. They're a lot of things. And a lot of times they're sleeping and we'd have to wake them up because it's med time. Mm. And so I would always, you know, go like, hey, little bunny, it's time for meds. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And it's like, because you have to really go a long way to be like, fuck you. Right. To someone who's like, little bunny. Right. Um, so. That's just kind of the way I operate Mm. and operating that way with my dad has made a big difference Mm. and, and has made a big difference where it's like, okay, babe, you gotta use your cane. You know, you gotta, you gotta do this, please. And part of it is I go, if you fall down and break your hip, that's my life too. Yeah, Then yeah. my life is taking care of you. Absolutely. Not that I wouldn't do it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and hap- happily um, and enthusiastically, and but then I know that is hugely taxing and exhausting to be a caretaker because I've done it before for him and right. for other people. Um, so maybe just whatever relationship you have with your parents – See if you can lighten it up a little bit in general. Mm. And then it's more like a friend saying, why don't you use your cane, you idiot? Um, But yeah, the stubbornness and the, you know, my dad, uh, my dad loves dogs. Mm. He hasn't had a dog in a while. It might be almost 10 years ago that we went to put his last dog down. But we have, you've been in my house, Clark. We have... Lots of space and a couple of yards and a big dog door. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Dad, we need to get a dog. When are we getting a dog? Because not only is it good for an old person, but it's good for me. Yeah, I love dogs. I need to have something to hug in COVID times. Absolutely. And and it's not going to be my dad. (laughs) Um, So and his his immediate reaction always is like, no, I don't think so. You know, and I'm like, he loves dogs. I'm going to just go one day and get a couple dogs from the shelter and bring them home and say, okay. If you don't want this, take them back to the shelter. Right. And they'll be dead in a week. It's so weird. I, I There must be some psychological study or something about older people with dogs, because my grandmother is the same thing. She had dogs her whole life. She uh, when my mom was growing up, they had like seven dogs oh. in their big house. And then at uh, one time at one time. Oh, dear. And then she uh, she divorced my grandfather and then kept having dogs, got more dogs. When I was a little kid, I was growing up and I would always come over and see Tiffany, her little, you know, little white Shih Tzu dog. <laughs> she had dogs her whole life, it seems. And then it, she hit a point where it's like she buried her final dog and that was it. Like, I'm never having another. The pain of losing a dog yeah. must be so incredibly hard on the heart that you can only do it a certain amount of times. Yeah. And that's definitely part of my dad's thing. I know that. Um, And then part of it is also like, well, I can't walk around. I can't, you know, take the dog for a while. I'm going to get knocked over by the dog, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, I'm here, dad. Yeah. You could be helping with that part. Yeah. It's, it'll be my dog. Right. It'll be my, it's like, we went. (laughs) 
We went, he just, my dad never gets anything for himself. Mm. And there's a victim martyr thing to uh, it. Yeah. But also he's like, oh, I don't need anything. And out of the blue, God, he, more than a year ago, he goes, I'm looking at getting myself this car. And it's a really nice like SUV. Mm. It's, you know, he has a bad back and a bad knee and he was driving a Prius, which is really low. Yeah. So you have to like hoist yourself down yeah, and yeah, hoist yeah. yourself up. And this is an SUV. He can basically Just slide his butt in, yep. slide his butt out. Yeah. And it was so out of the blue huh. for him to want to do something. I was like, yes. Yeah. Let's go do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he was like, well. You know, well, we were on our way to get it, you know, to go look at it, oh. I should say. We weren't like, hello, car salesman. Here's all our money. Right. Give us a car. Is this enough? <laughs> um, but he started to say, like, he started to say, like, you know, I don't know. It's I'm using your inheritance. Uh, and I go, Dad, I'll still get the car when you die. It's <laughs> true. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't you worry, your pretty old little head. So uh, to answer your question about a stubborn parent, you know, here's another thing. Yeah. It's really easy to forget that this is a person who has lived a whole life and gone through a lot of stuff and has their opinion and has good experience. Right. And has dealt with a lot of things before. And I think what happens to... Plenty of people is they see their parent getting old or infirmed, and then it turns into this like talking to a toddler kind of condescending thing. Yeah. Where it's like, don't you think you should eat breakfast? Won't you feel better? And that's something to consider too. Basically, how you approach them as a person. Right. Regardless of what you're after, if it's just saying hi, if it's can I borrow some money, if it's please use your cane, please use your walker, whatever it is, the trick, the trick, (laughs) the key, (laughs) I just. The trick is little treats. Yes. That clicker. The clicker. Every time he uses his cane. (laughs) Um, the, The goal is for me to approach my dad as a person. Yeah. And as a friend. Yeah. And, you know, go from there. And that dynamic makes my opinion more of this is for you rather than just nagging. Yes. It is so hard to readjust your views on people when you've known them. The longer you've known them, the harder it is. And it's so true at a certain point, you kind of have to stop looking at your parents as if they're your parents and just look at them as other adults who are also living a crazy, horrible life, just like we all are. Yeah. And they're dealing with their shit the way they know how, the best way they know how. So look, are they? is your father stubborn? Maybe. But he's a person and he's scared and he's upset and he doesn't know how to handle this. So you got to treat it like you're saying exactly like you're saying. Treat him like he's a person, not just your dad, not just the, you know, oh, it's, you know, mom. But you got to treat him as if they're a real human that isn't related to you that you should probably take care of because you're a good person. Yeah. And find the compassion. Yeah. To really look at it from that point of view. Yeah. Because it would be really easy for me to go, use your goddamn cane or right. my life's going to be trying to get you in the goddamn hospital. Right. And I'm not allowed in the hospital right now. <laughs> right. And, you know, all of this shit. Yeah. But that's not the way to get anything done. That's a daughter that's frustrated with her dad. And that's a daughter that's looking out for my role in things. Right. And not seeing, not having the compassion to see it from mm. his point of view. So, so true. So true. I hope this helps. Yeah, I, I think it does. It, it, that should really uh, help a lot of people, I think. Um, let's move on to question number three, though. Uh, that question number three is from Lucy. Uh, Lucy sent us an email and she said, my husband of five years shaved off his goatee without asking me for input. I try to be, quote, your body, your choice. Uh, I mean, the man's hair is a Tweety Bird slash Friar Tuck combo, and I still find him attractive and married him. 
but truly, this mustache only look is horrible. I don't think I would have dated him in this state. He looks like he should be on a poster and not on a good way. When I have changed my hair color and got new boobs, cancer, not vanity, <clears throat> I did ask for his input and he said whatever made me happy. Am I a terrible person or a saint? Oh, my goodness. This is Lucy. Lucy, thank you. I love the name Lucy. Right? It's always stuck in my head. It's so Charlie Brownish. Right? Um, although she was a bitch. <laughs> I guess I kind of think more like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, you know, it is his face. It is, uh, you know, his body, his choice. Sure. But I cannot think of anyone that I have met in my life who's mustache only isn't completely porny and gross. What about Tom Selleck? He's gross. I will say this. Now, I know this was a different time in the yeah. 80s, and that's yeah. okay. But I, I mentioned weeks ago that I watched um, Frankie and Grace oh, yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. And one of my favorite lines was because um, Sam Elliott oh, yeah. comes into the storyline and, you know, someone's asking someone else, like, well, what do you think? They say, whatever. And the, the guy says, looking at Sam Elliott's picture, well, there's only 10 guys in the world who could pull off that mustache. <laughs> and he's nine of them. <laughs> so there are exceptions to the rule. Sure, 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 sure. I am not picturing your husband as an exception. Yeah. Um. He can do whatever he likes. I am a fan of when people have facial hair and they want to take it off, doing it in stages. Sure, sure, like, sure, sure. So that could just be fun, you know, but like when it's the full beard and then you go to the, you know, mutton chops. Right. And then you go to the, oh, what's the one that sounds like a devil? Uh, the, oh, goodness. The, the You mean the curly Q mustache? No, that's a- Or you, the pointy goatee. Yes. The pointy goatee, that's yeah. That's called something devilish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you yeah. go, and then, you know, if you're- if you're awesome slash terrible you get all the way down to the hitler mustache right and then you shave it clean off yeah 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 but and there's been plenty of uh you know on zoom and stuff i see my friends with their covid beards right oh yeah, yeah absolutely and who's shaving it exactly. right exactly nobody shaves oh uh, certainly not me <laughs> uh, it's a mess down there get your machete and let's try to find the holy grail um so yeah it's his choice it sounds gross. Yeah. It sounds gross. Well, here, can I say something? I'm an I I have a wife, mm -hmm. right? And a few years ago, uh Lori Beth and I were uh working at a advertising agency that I uh was working at and we got uh shoot, we we did a commercial for this one video game. I can't remember what it was called. It was very cartoony. Mm -hmm. And there were like three or four different commercials. So it was like a, a series of spots. Yes. And they ended up hiring me. So I was in each of these spots as like this mysterious person that would hit a switch and then everything would be cartoony. <laughs> right. And for some reason I had all, I had, I think I might've had a full beard and I asked the director, like, what do you want? Do you want the full beard? Do you want me to go down to a goatee? What do you want? I could shave everything. Van Dyke. Van Dyke. That's the thing that I couldn't think How of. How is that uh, devilish? I don't know. Did you not like Dick Van Dyke? I love Dick Van Dyke. Did Jerry Van Dyke touch you when you were young? I wish. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, so um, so he said, "Do how about just the mustache?" So I shaved everything and just kept the mustache, and I have a mustache for these whole this whole series. <laughs> and uh, I remember so vividly my wife being like, "Oh, I'm so happy for you! This is so great that you get to be in these spots. How fun!" And then immediately shave it off when you're done with these <laughs> because she hated it. She thought I looked gross and a little pedo-y, and yeah, and yeah it looks yeah. kind of horrible. So. Look, I thought it was kind of fun and I liked having just a mustache for a while, but I cared about my wife's feelings enough to go, well, 
she has to look at my face a lot more yes. than I do. So I'm going to do what's better for her since she's stuck looking at this ugly mug all the time. So yeah. uh, there's got to be a little bit of uh, responsibility on the husband's part here, Lucy. Yes. Um, I mean, it, to be honest, most mustaches look like you should also, you know, be court ordered to live a thousand feet from a school. <laughs> Exactly. There's not a lot of great mustaches in the. I'm sure there are. Uh, yeah. I hope we're not we're not starting a big controversy. Uh, uh, Parks and Rec. What about the guy on Parks and Rec? Oh yes. Oh Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Absolutely. Can just be the king of mustaches. Yes. There are exceptions to the rule. Yeah. I again, I don't think your husband is one of them. <laughs> exactly. But you know, are you a? What does she say? Am I a something or a saint? Uh, a terrible person or a saint? Maybe both. <laughs> I mean, letting but, him be himself is one thing. Right. Telling him I don't like it doesn't make you a terrible person. Not at all. Knocking him out with GHB and shaving it while he's asleep makes you awesome <laughs> to me, but to a court of law right. might make you a terrible person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. I hope that helped. And I hope we can uh, hear back from you and uh, know more about your uh, husband's mustache adventures. Um, but I'd like to now move on to our rotating segment of the week. The worst person to ask. How the hell would she know LB's the worst person to ask? All right. Well, the worst person to ask is uh, a new segment that we haven't tried yet. This is a this is a first. We get a lot of really great phone calls from you guys. I love all the phone calls that you've been sending us. Uh, LB, you've been loving all these uh, so questions. Much. It's so been much. so great. But every few phone calls or every few emails, we get this question that is just ridiculous ridiculous and doesn't make any sense and there's no way we would ever use it and why would we put it on the show and i thought that would be a really fun uh, excuse to uh put them all into a compilation <laughs> and we can do a little rapid fire uh lb is the worst person to ask these questions so uh let's move on are you ready i you, am ready you to ready for not the, know anything for the gauntlet here we go um, all right. Number one, we're going to kind of do a rapid, rapid, okay. rapid fire this time. So, uh, number one, how do you buy a house? That shit seems so confusing. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> well, first, you have to have plenty of money and good credit, I think. Yeah. Uh, you have to find a realtor, which I am not a licensed realtor. No. Or you could just sneak into someone else's house Ooh. and squat until you have squatter's rights and then just annoy them till they leave. That's it. That's the answer. How do you buy a house? Don't. Yeah. Just squat in it. All right. That was a good answer. Let's move on to question number two. Hey, Lori Beth. This is Dylan from Nashville. And I just want to know, why do some people like their cucumbers that are pickled? Dylan, thank you for opening up. <laughs> um, that is very interesting. I happen to like cucumbers and pickled mm. cucumbers or pickles, right. as some people know them. Right. Um, I would say I eat pickles more than I eat just oh, cucumbers. Yeah. yeah. They are delicious. They are salty. They are tangy. They are vinegary. They go well with so many things. <laughs> and cucumbers are, you know pathetically healthy yeah. and you know that's a way to go if you want to feel good about yourself but i don't think most people do yeah fuck you cucumbers yeah so i say most people like pickles you just take them out of the jar too sure yeah you don't so have much to, easier you know you don't have to take the skin off cucumbers but a lot of people do yeah i don't know and you know much love to both people on both sides of this incendiary <laughs> issue. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number three. How do I keep my live Christmas tree fresh from Thanksgiving to New Year? Well, it's February, so I'm a little late on this question. <laughs> and I was raised Jewish, so I never had a Christmas tree. So I'll say water it. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Hey, Bestie. This is Zachary from Virginia. I just wanted to ask, um, how do you make chicken nuggets? Because, like, what are they made from? How do you make them after that? That's all I want to know. Okay, babe. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> I love you. Hey, bestie. Um, 
Okay, well, I am neither a cook nor a scientist. Right. I think we all saw that video years and years ago that there was some pink, oh, you know, slime slime insulation something that went into them. Yep. I think uh, British chef Jamie Oliver <laughs> has done an expose on this. I agree. Um, I don't know, honey. <laughs> Depends if you're if you're a reputable chicken manufacturer, you use chicken. Right, real. If you're McDonald's, you use whatever's in there, and it's delicious. <laughs> so I don't know. Look up Jamie Oliver. I think he's really, really, you know, plumbed the depths yep. of this. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you really want to look too much into what's in chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. So Otherwise, we might not be eating any more chicken nuggets exactly. anymore. Uh, question number five. How can I get paid more and do less? How the fuck would I know? <laughs> I always work really hard or I have no money. Yeah. And you have no money. You always work hard <laughs> and you have no money. I'm doing this all wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you could... If you want to work harder and get paid less, do a podcast. Yeah. Hey, look at there. That's my current uh, experience. <laughs> Suggestion. All right. And the last one for the worst person to ask. Hi, Lori. I'm too awesome. What should I do? I really feel your pain. <laughs> um, first of all, I would stop saying that and then maybe you'll make a friend. <laughs> uh, it's hard to be too awesome. It's hard to be too awesome. Yep. What I might say is keep it to yourself. <laughs> Let people find out how awesome you are. Right. I don't think it should be on your business card. Right. You know, it's like when you have to tell somebody that they need to thank you. Like at that point, you, yeah. you, you, can, you know, you know, not I really sent worth you this anyway. gift and I never heard back. <laughs> too awesome. Is a good problem to have yeah. or a fictional problem. And you're not awesome at all. So I don't know. Not having that information, I cannot give you informed advice. And that is exactly why Lori Beth is the worst person to ask. <laughs> all right. Well, that was kind of fun. I kind of like that. Let's move on to our final question of the podcast. Okay. This is from Jen with Relish. That's her, I believe, Instagram name. And Jen with Relish says, hey, Clark and LB, how do I help my daughter maintain a positive relationship with her other mom? She and I are almost divorced and have been separated for five years. So this isn't a new situation to any of us. I am the full time mom, but I have allowed her other mom to become the theme park parent. She doesn't contribute financially, which is fine. We live comfortably on my salary and is only available when she wants to be. I realized early on that I can't control how she parents or her involvement level. So I just make sure our 10-year-old daughter has everything she needs with me, stable home, sleepovers, regular routine, etc. It's just so frustrating to watch our daughter miss her. It's getting to the point now where I'm having a hard time being honest with the kid about sounding like I'm trash talking the other parent. Oh, without sounding like I'm trash talking the other parent. How do I prepare my daughter for the inevitable ups and downs without sounding like a bitter asshole? I want my daughter to look back on her life and see the other's actions for what they are, not just remember how I reacted to them and feel like I poisoned her against them. Thanks. Love the podcast. Wow. Thank you for that question. Yeah. That is a lot. Wow. Um, the, the most important thing to me in all of that is how aware you are Man. of wanting, of not wanting to be the, ex-wife that trashes the other parent. Yeah. Because that is really pretty bad. And we had, this made me think of a question we answered a couple months ago where uh, a mom was really upset because her in-laws didn't come to her daughter's bat mitzvah. Right, 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 right. And it's a little bit of the same situation. I mean, certainly not when this is your, your kid's actual mother. Yeah. And it is... I can imagine the heartbreak of sitting there and watching your kid 
be disappointed, yes. you know, oh. in the in the cartoony way where it's like, I'm all dressed for the beach and I can't remember. I can't wait till mom comes to pick me up. Right. And then it's like, honey, I'm sorry. Your mom just called. She's not coming. And unfortunately, you are in a tricky situation because you want to be honest. You want her to take things at face value, but that's hard when you're little yeah. and your hopes and you, you know, your hopes are up and you love your mom and you want, you know, to spend time with you, you want to feel important, right. you know, and to be disappointed like that. If you say your ex, you know, only sees her on her timetable, there's not much you can do for that. I mean, you could explain to your ex this is really hurting our kid. Oh yeah. And you know, you could put it that way, but I'm assuming that she's your ex for a reason. Right. So I don't know how well or fruitful that conversation would would be. Right. uh, Or go. So the most you can do, I mean, talk to your ex, but as far as you shouldn't have to make up and tap dance. Yeah. To make it seem like your ex isn't behaving badly. Right. You know, there's there's the two two ends of the spectrum. You know, I'm trash talking. Yeah, she doesn't care because she's just doing her own thing. You're not saying that to the kid. Right. But you're also not saying, well, she's really busy and making excuses to try to lessen the blow that your kid might be feeling. Yep. So you're really stuck in shitty situation where you get to see disappointment and heartache in your kid. And where do you go with that? So (sighs) get your ex on the phone. I want to talk to her, (laughs) Um, but it's, you know, like, like I remember we, this obviously really stuck in my head because what we told the um, mom who was upset about her in-laws, like, not showing up for her daughter it's like you can't explain you can't you have to take people at face value which i think you basically mentioned in your right question right and this is all maybe this is all your mom can do right now and we don't know all the reasons right but you could also and i think you said your kid was 10 10 years old Because another thing to do, and I'm not, it's another thing to do that I'm not really suggesting is have your kid. Is it a daughter? Daughter. Yeah. Have a daughter, daughter. Have your daughter talk to her mom. Yeah. That's really hard. 10 years old is young to do that. Basically, 10 years old could be really difficult for someone to even have the faculty and the language to explain. Right. And then you could run into a like, oh, well, you told our daughter to, you know, guilt me. And that was great when you had her call right. and say how much you, I hurt her feeling. You know, right. it, it could, I, I, uh, like I said, I don't know the full dynamic. She's your ex for a reason. Yeah. And you're her ex for a reason. So, yeah. but, um, <sighs> well, let what about this? Maybe it would be prudent to think about in 20 years, what is this daughter going to look back on? Mm. What is this daughter going to look back on her childhood growing up? Clearly, she comes from a split home, right? Which is inevitable at this point. They've been separated for five years. However, Is she going to look back and say, oh, mom was, you know, uh, constantly belittling my other mom or was she, you know, always angry at her? Or is she going to look back and go, you know, look, my one mom never was there for me. But every time she she, you know, uh, 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 abandoned me to do something else, my my other mom was there to get keep me happy and keep me busy and change the subject and be there for me maybe that's all you need you'd like Lori about saying you tell her the truth you don't be angry about it don't badmouth the other mom just say hey you know i can't control when what she does and she just flaked out on you again i'm so sorry but hey 
Maybe we can do something fun. Let's go play a game. Let's go do this. Let's get out and get some McDonald's for dinner. So whatever it is that can kind of change the subject, maybe that's what you do. Maybe you kind of just be there to be her little, you know, safety net for every time she gets dropped by the other mom. Mm. And you, you kind of try to change the subject and keep her mind occupied on other things. Yeah, but and find a way like like I said, to be honest about yeah, it that's in, a, in a neutral kind of way. Exactly. You can't be angry. Yeah. Um, that is just a really tough situation. It sounds like you're a great mom. Yeah. And, you know, not to say, obviously, we're not saying, oh, your ex must not love your daughter. No, you know? no, no. That's most probably not true, but. You are in a really tough situation. And then, of course, you're also the mom that's saying, you got to do your homework. Right. You know, she's the theme park mom. You're the nuts and bolts mom. Right. Which it's easy for your kid to be like, you're no fun. Right. And then that's, you know, doubly frustrating because it's like, don't you know what I do for you? Yes, exactly. I do everything for you. <laughs> um, so you are in a tough, tough spot. Yeah, and, and I'm really sorry about that. But I do believe that you're right, that being honest, but without being judgmental is probably the best bet here. Talk to her. And you know what? Maybe at 10 years old, the daughter is not old enough to stand up and ask the other mom what the deal is. But in a year or two, maybe she will be. Yeah. Maybe she'll grow to that point if you help her and you're there for her and you're keep you're constantly being there to just say like. I'm here for you, even when she's not. Hey, if they're Jewish in a couple of years, it'll be her bat mitzvah. Yeah, there you go. And we can see if it's the exact same situation (laughs) as the grandparents. Hi, Dios mio. Thank you so much for your your email, or no, your Instagram, Jen. That was was really good. I hope we helped. Thank you. Uh, But that was the last uh, question of the podcast. Okay. So we are done. That was it. All right. That was pretty good. I liked it. Well, then I better get back to watching the second half of Clone, Clone Wars. Wars the movie. Yeah, you got to get get a get to know Ahsoka while you still can. I can. Uh so uh hey, thank you guys out there for listening. We really appreciate it. If you have a question for Lori Beth, please send it to us at askloribeth.com. You can hit us up on all the socials at askloribeth or you can just leave us a message with your name and where you're from at 1855 Denberg 1855 D E N B E R G 1855336 And you can find me on Instagram at LB Denberg and on Twitter at Lori Beth Denberg. And you can book me for a personal video uh, with my clothes on at (laughs) cameo.com slash Lori Beth. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. The more people that know about our show, the better. Tell your friends. Tell them all. This is Lori Beth and Clark saying good night. Good night. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.